How about you? I'm a, I'm a big fan of grace. Uh, pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come into your presence, to hear from your word, to gather with your people, to be drawn closer to you. And God, I ask that you would just be here or that we would allow you to be here to the degree that you want to be here in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. God, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, give us hearts to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, I want to open up our conversation this morning by, by looking at an awesome encounter that, that went down in John chapter 9. An encounter between a, a guy that, that was born blind and Jesus, who according to Scripture was all the fullness of God in bodily form. Paul writes, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. That's crazy. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I, I don't know how you can pack that much God into a human body. But then again, if my very small mind could understand and comprehend God fully, he wouldn't be all that big. So let's look at this encounter. And in this encounter, uh, it, it demonstrates both the compassion of Christ and the power of Christ to, to transform, to, to turn around, to overcome any situation and bring about something new, to bring about something better. Uh, Maple Grove, our God is able. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from, from birth. From birth. Now, now close your eyes for a moment. And picture the following images. The home you live in now, the home you grew up in, picture your mom, the beach at sunrise, the ground covered white with snow, picture a clear blue sky, picture the Blue Ridge Mountains in the fall, flowers blooming in the spring. Ocean waves pounding against the shoreline. Uh, picture your great-looking pastor. You can open your eyes. Now, why did you guys have to go so far back to find a great-looking pastor in your mind? I don't know. You see, it's like we have this photo album in our head. Full of, full of images, and you know what? We actually do. You see, at about six months of age, children start developing internal pictures of external realities. Uh, psychologists refer to this uh, ability to, to create and catalog uh, mental images as representational intelligence. Facebook photo albums in our, in our heads. But if your eyes have never been opened to begin with, then your mind would draw blanks. You, you wouldn't have a, a photo album. You could not picture the ground covered with snow. And this was the only world that this blind man that Jesus met knew because he had never seen these images. And another thing that, that makes this miracle so powerful is that this man... Uh, because of Jesus, he, he developed connections 
from his optic nerve to his brain that makes sight possible that didn't even exist before. Did you know that a baby is born legally blind? Yeah, I missed that memo too. And, and, and maybe that's a good thing, right? Because then they don't see all those faces we make at them when that could scar them or scare them. At birth, their vision is no better than 2,200, and they, they cannot focus on anything further than 12 inches away. And that's why touch is so critical in the early stages of a baby's life. It's how they interpret their world. But by eight months, their vision rivals that of a dart, uh, rivals that of an adult as far as color and, and, and perception and depth. And this process of vision development, it takes place between uh, uh, between birth and 18 months, and where these windows of opportunity open between birth and a- 18 months. And, and during that time, the, uh, the brain is wired. It's, it's kind of like just wires in our home, and it, 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 it wires. I got a picture of a brain. Um, there, you see there's an eye, there's the optic nerve, and you see the visual cortex. That's where these memories are planted, these images. And, and, and between birth and 18 months is, is when these connections called synapses are, are actually developed during that time. About 18 months, the window pretty much closes. And in fact, if you were to place a, a patch over a newborn's eye and keep that patch over his eye for the first few years of his life, he would be blind in that eye the rest of his life. Why? Because his connections had never been made. Doctors would say what this guy had was irreversible because the natural window of opportunity had closed. But listen, that's when our nothing is impossible God does his best work. Sure, people in simple biology said that Sarah was well past the age to to have a child, but that didn't stop God from opening up a window of opportunity. In the case of Mary, the mother of Jesus, her natural window of opportunity didn't even open up yet. She was a virgin, and yet that didn't stop God from opening up a window of opportunity. I understand when Jesus opened this blind man's eyes, he hardwired his brain and put connections that were not there, put them in place, and he opened up a window of opportunity that had been closed for years. Have you ever felt that you missed your window of opportunity? And maybe you lost count of how many times and how many specialists you've gone to or how many treatments you've had. Maybe your last marriage ended in divorce and you're not sure you can love someone, let alone trust someone again. Or maybe repeated mistakes seem to sabotage whatever integrity you had or or maybe a social stigma has made you an outcast from your family and your friends or or maybe you feel so sexually broken that you're not sure what healthy sexuality looks like or feel like anymore and maple grove those are not hypothetical no those are real people that jesus christ healed the woman with the issue of blood the woman at the well the tax collector the leper the woman caught in adultery now, now i don't know I, 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 I don't know the specifics of your circumstances today april the 4th no, April the 4th, April the 26th, 2015, April the 26th, 2015, and the reason I like to say dates, because somebody in this room, you know, I'm not one of those crazy guys, but you know what, somebody in this room may look back and say, this is the day. Matter of fact, I got a Facebook 
inbox this week where someone said, I just want you to know that when you said March to whatever a few weeks back, that, that, this is, that someone's life's going to be changed, well, that was my life. And not only is it not, has it changed my life, but it changed the life of others who don't even go to this church. So, so I want you to know that regardless of your circumstances today, April the 26th, 2015, I want you to know that, uh, that no matter if you think the window of opportunity has closed, that God can open up any window, any time that he wants to. Uh, that our God is the God where everything is possible for him. He, he's a God of second, third, fourth, and 10,000 chances. Listen, when Jesus, the risen king, the lion of Judah, uh, the death overcomer, when Jesus, the everything is possible and nothing is impossible, God gets involved. It's never too late. It's never too little. So Maple Grove, never say never. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi disciples asked, well, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents? Uh, you, you know, when life doesn't go as planned, we, we usually try to do what? We look for somebody to blame. But listen, nobody wins the blame game. And at some point, we got to recognize that the circumstances many times that we are asking God to remove are the very circumstances that God wants to use to change us and to bring him glory. He says, hey, it's not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Maple Grove, it's not about us. It's not about the problem. It's not about the issue. It's always about God's power and God's glory. Get it? good. And why is this happening to you? I, I know one reason why, because God wants to use it to show his power and to give himself glory. Jesus said, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming. In other words, Jesus says, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be here much longer. I got to get my job done. And then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I'm the light of the world. Then, then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. And my initial reaction to this is that is gross, right? The guy is blind, not deaf. I mean, he heard, <laughs> you know, he heard that sound. And, and, and I don't know, I don't, and my second is, why did he do this, you know? And, and now, in, in the Greco-Roman world, you know, they believed there was magical power sometimes in saliva, all right? So turn around and spit on your neighbor. No, just kidding, you know? Uh, I kind of think it was because it was the Sabbath, and making mud is kind of work, and he's just poking religious leaders. Jesus liked to poke people. Um, and he, told them, he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, what if he didn't go? He probably wouldn't be seeing, right? His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, hey, 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 isn't this the guy that used to sit and beg? Some said he was. Others said, I don't know it. It just looks like him. You know? I mean, this guy's life has been transformed. He don't, yeah, it kind of looks like Steve. It kind of looks like Fred. You know, it kind of looks like Mark Murray. But I'm, I'm not really sure because he's certainly not acting the same way. But the beggar kept saying, yeah, I mean, it's me. It's still me. I, I, it's me. And, and they still couldn't handle it. And, and later on, he made this famous statement that I love. Everybody, hey, what's going on? Why did you do this? How did he heal you? 
He goes, I, I don't know whether he's a sinner, referring to Jesus. The man replied, I, I don't know, uh, but I know this. I once was blind, but now I can see. Early Tuesday morning, I began working on my message, new message series called Tuned In, hearing his voice above the noise, and a series I'm really excited about, a series I plan to kick off the year 2015 with till God said, hey, do the fruit of the Spirit. I think God made the right call. And, uh, and it's a series I know that God's going to use to help move me forward in, in my journey because I, I know that I need to be able to hear his voice above the noise, above the noise in my head, above the negative thoughts that at times run around like a banshee in my head. I didn't even know what a banshee was, to be honest with you, so I looked it up. Here's what it is. It's a female spirit in Irish and Scottish stories who cries loudly to warn people that someone's going to die. It's like, seriously? Maybe I shouldn't say that anymore. You know? <laughs> You're running around like a banshee, right? Yeah, but, but, but I need to hear God's voice, the voice of my maker and creator above, above the voice of my enemy, the devil, the serpent, the dragon, the roaring lion, the accuser, the father of lies, whose lies many times have trapped me in fear and insecurity and shame and disappointment. I'm excited about the series, but Tuesday God said, you're not done with the last one yet. He said, I appreciate what you did so far and do it again. But you left something out. I was like, yeah, God, you're right. I did leave something out. See, in week one, we talked about, hey, you know what? God did it once, right? He, he did it once. 2,000 years ago, God empowered the people to proclaim a message that created a movement that, that changed the world. And, and, and like Alvin Schmidt said, the early Christians did not set out to transform the world. The world was affected as a byproduct of believers' transformed lives. Yeah, they didn't set out to change the world, but they did because change lives change lives every time. And then last week we talked about that yeah, God did it once and that God can do it again, right? He can do it again. If you and I do and have what the early church did and had. See, the early church had a, had a radical belief that, that led to an intense devotion resulting in a dramatic transformation that changed the world. A radical belief in Jesus and, and who he is and, and what he did. And a radical belief in what he has both called and empowered us to do. Maple Grover, a radical belief is foundational. And so is an intense devotion to the word of God, the prayer, the fellowship with other fired up believers, to remembering Christ's sacrifice through communion and tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit because those things will always lead to transformation. And the Greek word, metamorpho. A caterpillar becomes a butterfly. God did it once. God can do it again. Maple Grove, God is doing it again. Understand, God at this very moment is transforming people who have a radical belief and an intense devotion into a movement that is changing the world. Change lives are changing lives. Maple Grove, God is doing it again. He's doing it again all across this nation as churches full of radical believers who have an intense devotion are creating movements that are changing the world. A friend of mine uh, pastors a church in downtown Kissimmee, Florida, and every Sunday night they have a meal and, and a worship service for the homeless. 
You know, Florida has a lot of that then because of the weather. Over, over 100 homeless people come every Sunday night for a meal and worship. And a few weeks back, five of those guys were baptized into Christ. There's a church in Lexington, Kentucky called Southland Christian Church. Man, they so get what it means to be salt and light. They notice that in their community that so many people could not afford health care. And so they partner with doctors and nurses and who knows what else in the medical field. And, and now this church has set up a system where they are the, the provider of health care for over 3,000 people in their community on a regular basis at absolutely zero cost. A few years back, they decided to throw a prom you know, for the, for the mentally and physically challenged people in their community. They partner with tuxedo studios and prom dress places. Thousands of people show up every year and have a prom that would never get a prom in their life. There's a church out in, in, in Las Vegas called Central Christian Church uh, that ministers to people who are very, 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 very far from God. And if you go to the website, here's what it says. We want you to know that Central is a place where it's okay not to be okay. It's a place where you can be accepted as you are, experience radical grace, and be healed from past hurts. Maple Grove, God is doing it again in his churches across this country. He, he did it in Charlottesville as Maple Grove partnered with other churches and over 450 families had a Thanksgiving meal this year. Thousands of people in our community had Thanksgiving dinner who wouldn't because of the generosity of God's people. On September the 20th this year, our compassion team is working on Compassion Sunday where we won't have church in the morning. We'll serve the community and come back later that night and celebrate as we touch the community. Maple Grove, God is doing it again. He's doing it again across our nature. It's happening all over our country, and it's happening in our church and in the lives of people in our church. And I've asked a few people, you guys come on up, to come up and and just to share what God is doing in their lives. We have uh, Gail. Bring it, Gail. We have Jordan, and we have Kemper. And and, and grab a seat and a mic, and we're going to chat a little bit here about how God is moving in your life. You see, see, God is moving in the lives of people with a radical belief and intense devotion, and he's transforming them. I, I, I think the whole point God wanted me to get across this morning is that, yeah, he did it once, no doubt about it. That he can do it again, <clears throat> no doubt about it. And that he is doing it again. You know, as people have a belief that results in this devotion, right, you know, and putting yourself in a place like Kemper read, in a place where we can believe, you know, being in the word, you know. And, and so God is doing it again all around our country and churches. You know, he, he, God is doing it again in the lives of people who attend this church, right? You know, and God is doing it again all around the world. Um, I, I gave my son a call, and, and, and we are about done, but I, I do, you know, because I say, hey, man, you know, you're like a world dude. You know, you send guys all over world missionaries and, you know, to give me a couple stories of some cool stuff going around the world, you know, um, that shows that God is doing it again. He talked about uh, uh, in Egypt, you know, how, how the church is really going in Egypt. And, and this is a, um, there was this gathering of 400 people, missionaries in Egypt and Egyptian Christians who, who and, and 140 of them are being prayed over and they've made a commitment that, Hey, we are going to go out into them, and we know what's happening to Egyptian Christians, right? You've seen the thing, but they said, hey, um, we, we are going to go out 
into the Muslim world. We're gonna, we're gonna be trained and we're gonna leave our homes, we're gonna leave our communities and we're gonna go out and we're gonna tell the story uh, about what Jesus did. And, and that's them being prayed over in Egypt. And he told me the story about, I guess in 2008, some, uh, a massive uh, earthquake um, hit, hit a place in China and, and uh, 75,000 people were killed. Um, 375,000 were injured. But in that catastrophe, a a, a a Christian who was a Muslim, you know, a former Muslim, you know, started a, a, a crisis counseling thing within that tragedy. They didn't have anything like that there. And through that, they created a house church network where there's now over 500 plus believers who are now being trained and empowered to go out to the western part of China because they, they want to reach those who are Muslims and Buddhists in their community. So I'm here to tell you that, you know what, you know, God is doing it again. All around our country, as people have this radical belief and this intense devotion, uh, they're changing the world. Um, uh, coming up in, 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 uh, in uh, November this year, the International Conference on Missions is going to be held in Richmond. And, and uh, we're supporting that as a church. And, you know, I want you guys mark your calendars. Uh, it's November. It's in your program. You'll see the dates on that. And we're being asked to pray for that event. We'll see missionaries, Christian church missionaries from all around the world. And, and one cool thing we're doing as a church, we've already given $5,000 to plant a church in Toronto. And, and, uh, and, and the goal, there, there's a picture of Toronto there. And, and, and the goal is, you know, that's gonna, that church plant's going to be our sister church. I mean, when, when they get ready to launch that, some of us are going to hop in a van, right? We're, we're going we're to hop in our cars, and, and, and we're going to have a road trip up to Toronto, and we're going to help them plant that church. And 10 years from now, we're still going to be going up there, right? I mean, God is doing something. And here, here's how I'm going to wrap this up. And, and, and you know, I'm, God really hit me something really powerfully this week, and, um, and I'm calling it the four-month challenge that I'm taking personally, and, and I offer it to you guys. You know, I, I was down in... In my, my, my pastor's cave at my home, where I do my quiet times, it's an unfinished basement. You've seen it in many of my professionally made videos. And, 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 and I'm always, as a pastor, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, thinking about how I can get everybody closer to God. And, and then what hit me is, you know, the early church, it says they devoted themselves. And, and God was like, Steve, you know, I, I want you to take four months off from worrying about devoting everybody else. And I want you just to devote yourself. I want you to devote your, don't stop doing what you're doing, but don't, don't carry the burden of anyone else's devotion for the next four months. Just focus on you and God. And, and I want to offer you that same challenge, you know, that for the next four months you're saying, hey, you know what? I, I'm just going to worry about me. I, I'm going to worry about God moving in me. I, I'm going to worry about connecting to God for me. And and, 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 and I'm going to have God change me rather than me worrying about how am I going to change my spouse? How am I going to change the people at work? How am I going to change Maple Grove to make it what it needs to be? You know, so I'm personally, I'm taking, it starts, it starts tomorrow, you know, through the summer, I'm taking a four-month sabbatical with God's help and prayer to say, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep meeting my discipleship group, but I'm just going to worry about, hey, God says, Steve, I want you to have a, just have some me and you time. For the next four months. And I, I guarantee if we did that as a church, the change we want to see, it's going to be here as it happens in and, and through us. And I want to encourage you guys to do that. You're going to see in your connection cards uh, where we're being asked to pray um, this week for the International Conference on Missions. I want to encourage you to fill out that card and to, 
the circle. I'm going to pray for it on Monday. And on your insert, you can see what you're being asked to pray about. And since you're going to be filling out your connection cards, because we're going to pray for this thing, if you fill that out, I really encourage you guys, if you're taking that, that, that four-month four challenge, you know, because you're trying to fix that marriage, and you're, tr- you're trying to fix your kids, you're trying to fix your mom, you're trying to fix everything, and God says, hey, let, let's work on you. If you're going to take that challenge, just really fill out that card and write it down, because you know, I, I want to pray for you, and, 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 and put your email, because I want everybody to know who's taking this challenge, so we can just pray for each other, and, and you can pray for me, hey, Steve, and you can pray, hey, Steve, you know, I'm praying for my pastor right now, help him just to focus on him and God. You know, and I'll pray for Suzanne. Hey, help Suzanne just to focus on, on her and God, that, that she can chill with God and connect with God and, and be in that place where he can change her. So if you're going to take that, that challenge, because if we want to see things, God move in our church, that movement's going to start right here. You know, and so for the next four months, I, I'm doing it. That's, I, I make the decision. I'm taking a, a sabbatical, you know, from the burden of, of everybody else's devotion and just going to be worried about my devotion to God. And I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about my mental spiritual sabbatical. And so I, I love you guys. Um, God did it once. God can do it again. And God is doing it again right now in this place and greater things are yet to come. Um, would you stand and we're going to have some prayer. God, we love you and we're amazed by you and we thank you, God. And God, I pray for my family in this room. And God, I pray that all of us would devote first ourselves to you. And God, that we'll believe in you and your power and your strength to work in us. God, I thank you for what you're doing around the world. God, your church is alive and active doing great things. I I thank you for the answer prayer, what you've done in Jordan's life and Kemper and Gail's life. God, what you're doing in this church. And God, I, I pray, God, that you'll move in us. And I pray that, that all of us in this room uh, will, will focus on allowing ourselves to be in your presence and, God, allowing you to change us. May the change we want to see in our church and the world begin in us. In Jesus' name, amen.